Welcome to this episode of the Do They Own Me podcast. I'm your host, Benny McBenface, and we kick and we scream and we make a fuss about the privacy invasions that are not just about privacy, they're about liberty. They're about your ability to live your life the way that you want to live it without constantly being spied upon and constantly being treated as a suspect in a criminal investigation, even though you've never done anything wrong. Today, we have an article from the Record website. I'm going to link it, as always, in the show notes. Um, It it kicks off New Jersey law enforcement officers sue 118 data brokers for not removing personal info. Now, look, I haven't read this article, but let me say this. What difference does it make whether it's a law enforcement officer or whether it's anyone else? Shouldn't everybody be treated the same way? Shouldn't we all have some type of basic human right to privacy and basic human right to get on with our lives without having all of our details and information traded as though it's a commodity for others to benefit from? Shouldn't we all have that ability? I, I think we should. Anyway, the article begins, over the course of the last week, 118 class action lawsuits were filed against data brokers who allegedly failed to respond to requests from about 20,000 New Jersey law enforcement personnel asking to remove their personal information from the internet. So that's crazy. I thought that was a a wrongly phrased article, 118 class action lawsuits. I thought, no, surely it's just 118 law enforcement officers. But no, it's not. It's 20,000 law enforcement officers uh, that have launched 118 class actions. So I'm assuming, and we'll find out, I'm sure, in the article, but I'm assuming those 118 individual lawsuits or individual class actions are against each of the data brokers uh, themselves. But again, I make the point, why does it it have to be law enforcement personnel that do this? Why? I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm happy they are doing it. I'm happy this is happening. But why? Surely everybody should be treated the same way. Let's continue. The article says, New Jersey law prohibits the disclosure of home addresses and unpublished telephone numbers for current and retired police officers, prosecutors, and judges, along with their family members. If that information is disclosed, the law requires it be removed within 10 days of a takedown request. Okay, so I see there. They've got special protections at law, which fair enough. I could see why you don't want a judge's home address on the internet. I've got, look, no pushback from me on that. I get it. There are crazies out there. Um, so, okay, so if that is published on the internet, it's got to be taken down within 10 days of a takedown request. Fair enough. But uh, this just seems like we're putting a Band-Aid on a gushing artery here. Isn't the core of the problem the fact that this information is widely available to begin with? Isn't that the core of the problem? I mean, I'm all for fixing it. Let's fix it any way that we can. But I think what actually needs to be done is cracking down on these data brokers and literally regulating them. Again, I hate that I say things like this because it's so counter to my core beliefs of, you know, government get out of our business. But here I am going to say it. Shouldn't we be regulating these data brokers out of existence? I feel like we should. There's no reason that I can conceive of for them to exist and for them to have all of the information that they have. Why? Why on God's green earth does a private company that you've never, ever done any business with Never never even contacted them. You don't even know they exist in many cases. Why does that private company need to know how much you spent on socks last month and need to know how many transactions you made with your Visa card last month? Those are both real examples of what's available to them, by the way. 
there's a great article that goes and it goes to highlighting the just hilarious it, it is to me comical the amounts of data that these companies have managed to harvest on everyone and compile together with a pretty uh you know pretty high degree of confidence that this relates to this person uh, people don't and nor should they have to by the way but people don't think about how these things are compiled when they're giving little bits of information here and there. Uh, a very good example is uh, a fast food retailer in the US was recently, I'm going to say this was three or four months ago, and we're now February of 2024. It was three or four months ago, roughly thereabouts. A fast food retailer in the US was, uh, I'm going to say exposed, for scanning number plates of cars in the drive through now, you look at that and you say, well, okay, I, the average non-tinfoil non hat person who doesn't think about these things would say to themselves, well, yeah, of course, you've got to do that because then you can match that order with that car so that, you know, you, you can give the right order to the right car. That's a good thing to do. And I'm sure, by the way, that's how the vendors of these systems sold it to the fast food chains of, you know, we, you can match that plate to that car and off you go. But what nobody's talking about is what else happens with that information. If, you're, if the plate number on your car is tied to your transaction, which obviously it is for this use case, the plate number of your car is tied to your transaction, uh, and that's your location is attached to that as well because everyone's phone is bleeding their location at all times. Whether they have location services turned on or off makes absolutely no difference. So that your your plate number of your car is tied to that transaction which is tied to your location which is tied to your payment method so now the data brokers have your payment method they've got your card they don't literally store your card details but it is reduced into a uniquely identifiable piece of information it's reduced into a hash uh, the data brokers now have that piece of information that's stored and now they know that if this card is being used in this place. It's probably this person. But also they know that all oh, these other things that we didn't know about this person's way of life. For example, we've got a camera system at this gas station, which its operator has agreed to feed us all of the plates that go in here. Now we know where that guy buys gas. We know how often he buys gas. We know what his journeys are like. We know which gas stations he visits. So all of this starts to build up at these data brokers. From what? From one guy, one time, going to the drive-thru to buy whatever he was buying. And this is the problem with these data brokers, and this is exactly why I want them regulated out of existence. There is no practical, uh, decent, sensible reason for them to exist in this world today. There's just not. Anyhow, back to the article. Uh, so the, they've got to do the takedown within 10 days of the request. Uh, it goes on, failure to do so could result in a $1,000 fine per violation. The law known as Daniel's Law was passed after a New Jersey federal judge's 20-year-old son was shot to death at a home uh, in 2020 by a disgruntled attorney. Yeah, see, this is what I'm saying. There are crazies. So I'm, I'm all for these type of privacy rules for people that are in uh, you know, public-facing type roles where they might be targeted by crazies. I've got no problem with that. We shouldn't be uh, publishing their details on the internet by any any stretch of the imagination. But again, the problem is those details were available to be published. They shouldn't be available. Article continues, the law enforcement officers are seeking $1,000 for each violation plus punitive damages and attorney's fees from the 118 data brokers, meaning each lawsuit 
could cost individual data brokers at least $20 bucks and hit the industry with at least $2.3 billion in fines, according to records found on a web portal for the New, jo- uh, New Jersey courts. That's good. I like this stuff. If we can't regulate them out of existence, let's find them out of existence. $2.3 billion, I'm all about that. Um, and, and, of course, they're seeking punitive damages, meaning they, they want the courts to punish these guys. They want the courts to not just fine them the $1,000 for each violation, but tack on what I suspect is going to be a very large amount as a, as a financial punishment to say, you guys did the wrong thing. We're going to punish you now. We're not just going to hit you the $1,000 for each violation, but now you're going to pay whatever, $60 bucks in punitive damages to teach you a lesson. This is good. I like this. The recently filed lawsuits against the 118 data brokers contend that they failed to respond to takedown requests for a month, beginning on January 6. So are they saying that all of these data brokers failed to respond in the same timeline? That seems a little surprising to me. You'd think one of them would be, some of them would be good and they'd be efficient and they'd be on top of it. And then maybe you'd have one or two or three or some of them that are non-responsive. But every single one of them? That's, uh, that is strange. So it goes on. Atlas Data Privacy Corp., a company that helped many law enforcement officers make takedown requests, filed the suits on behalf of the police officers and others working in law enforcement. I like that. This company's found a way to profit from taking these uh, data brokers down. I'm sure they'll be in for a percentage of the uh, winnings from the lawsuit, as well they should be. That is a very, that's a business model I can get behind. Let's, uh, let's go find Atlas Data Privacy Corp., Let's get them to work for us because these guys are doing what I consider to be God's work. Let's get these class action suits. This is magnificent. The article continues, because other law enforcement personnel could have made takedown requests without Atlas's help, the problem is likely broader in scope and more lawsuits could emerge. Absolutely. These are just the people that were represented by Atlas, Atlas Data Privacy Corp, um, let alone who knows how many others that have made requests and have just gone ignored. Imagine that. I mean... The, the balls on these companies, these data brokers, to think that they, they, they just think that they can ignore these things. What, what type of ecosystem have they existed in historically where they can just say, we've got this takedown request. We don't care about it. We're just going to ignore it. Well, let me tell you, the ecosystem that they've existed in historically thus far up to this point is one that allows them to get away with this type of shit. They can just, they can harvest everyone's information. Good, take it, no penalties. Keep everyone's information. Good, keep it, no penalties. Uh, share and trade and sell everyone's information. Good, keep it, no penalties. Then refuse to respond to a lawful takedown request. No penalties. Well, I'm hoping this lawsuit absolutely, or these lawsuits absolutely blows up and they start to feel some pain for these egregious violations. And of course, these are only egregious violations of the law that exists today, which is that they have to respond to these takedown requests. This doesn't go anywhere close to addressing the what I call the fundamental egregious violations, which is they are just harvesting and taking and keeping and trading and selling all of this data. But OK, we'll get to that. I'll, I'll take this very happily as a first step in the right direction. Uh, the article continues, the lawsuits filed last week include several examples of officers whose lives have been threatened due to their work investigating gangs and other criminal organizations. Yeah, of course, you can't have this sort of stuff online. Uh, among the plaintiffs is a police officer who worked with a task force targeting the violent uh, MS-13 gang for two years. 
and received death threats that prompted him to relocate his family. The gang used publicly available information to continue to threaten him, according to the lawsuit. Yeah, see, this is, this, this is no good. Uh, look, publicly available information, all right. So some of this stuff can and does exist, in, particularly in, in many jurisdictions in the U.S., especially within the U.S., um, all of this stuff, uh, taxpayers' records are public information. You can see who owns which piece of property. You can see which uh, which person has the utilities connected at this address. So some of this stuff is public information. And I suppose at its core, I can see why they would have had to have done that. I can see why that was a good idea in years gone by. I'm going to say, A, it might not be a good idea anymore, or maybe there does need to be a bit of tightening up there. But B, what's definitely not a good idea and what should definitely be outlawed is the systematic harvesting of that information by these data brokers to then enrich their own data sets with all of this information and add data points and add data points and add data points. That's what I don't like. Anyhow, the, the article continues, gang members intended to burn down a building with the officer's mother inside, God. but set fire to an adjacent building by mistake, the lawsuit says. Phone calls, made, uh, phone calls between MS-13 members discussing the premeditated murder of the detective and his family and the premeditated murder of the detective's mother were intercepted by jail wiretaps. I mean, this is one form of surveillance I can absolutely get behind. A person that is in jail that is making these types of calls, like, don't you know that you're being recorded? Isn't, isn't that, like, the first thing you know when you go to jail? I've never been there and I've never spoken to anyone on the phone in jail, but I mean, surely you'd have to know that everything you say is being monitored. But, you know, nonetheless, they did it anyway. Absolutely ridiculous. Article continues, another officer listed in the complaint as Jane Doe 1 helped investigate a major criminal organization leading to prosecution. A subsequent search of digital devices taken from the organization's leadership turned up photos of the officer's home including nighttime photography of her young child's lit-up bedroom and playroom windows while the child was playing inside, the lawsuit says. This is... Look, I'm, I'm glad this is getting some attention because these types of, you know, violations and these types of acts by uh, these criminal organizations, they're bad enough, but the, and, and they are very bad, but the fact that they are enabled by wholesale data collection and wholesale harvesting and warehousing and storing and trading and selling and keeping of people's data, the fact, the fact that they're enabled by that maybe, maybe, just maybe goes one step towards uh, having, you know, the population at large understand that this isn't just about, you know, whether you've done something wrong or not. You, if you've, you know, if you haven't done anything wrong, you've got nothing to hide. We've, we moved on from that 20 years ago. We're no longer in the, if you've got nothing to hide, you're okay territory. We're now in the territory of, if somebody wants to fuck with you, this enables it. And that's a problem. I don't like it. So uh, anyhow, the article continues, further investigation revealed that the criminal organization's leadership had hired a private investigator who searched online data broker websites to obtain the officer's home address. See, there it is. Searched the online data broker websites to obtain the officer's home address. Uh, the lawsuit says, having identified a home address, text messages confirmed that they had initiated surveillance and were tracking Officer Doe 1's movements to and from her, her home immediately prior to the task force initiating arrests. Look, this, 
look, if it's a criminal offence for these bad actors, these criminal organisations to track that officer's, uh, you know, movements to and from her home, how is it not a criminal offence for these data brokers and these technology companies to track everyone's movements everywhere all the time? I mean, surely the same standard has to be applied. Okay, we're not all police officers, but surely we shouldn't be tracked our movements to and from our... Like, why is it? Why? Why are there two different standards here? I don't like that, but I do like that we're moving in this direction where there's actually some accountability for this type of nonsense that's been going on for far too long. Atlas did not immediately respond to a request for comment. Data privacy advocates said the lawsuits highlight the need for data brokers to be regulated for all Americans and not just law enforcement. Absolutely, they do, and this is what I've been saying for some time. Ah, uh, I mean, I take it one step further. I say they should be regulated out of existence or, you know, as might happen here, fined out of existence. That might be, you know, a little bit of a stretch to assume that the fines out of this one round of lawsuits would literally put these guys out of existence. But I'll, I'll take it. I'll take the little wins. We need these wins. Uh, the article continues, laws that crack down on data brokers and compensate individuals when their personal data is illegally trafficked are a good thing said John Davison, uh, litigation director of the Electronic Privacy Information Center, a nonprofit which advocates for data privacy, among other issues. Uh, yes, I agree. Uh, I agree with him completely, 100%. The, point, the, the problem that I have is the definition of illegally trafficked. Um, we are very much in the... We're in a competition for definition is what we're in. Um, yes, crack down on them and, and find them when the data is illegally trafficked. Let's just change the definition of illegally trafficked to taking anyone's information without their consent. Now, of course, I, I, look, I'm going to park the question of consent on, on data harvesting and come back to that in a minute, because that's a load of bullshit and has been for a long time. But let's change the definition of illegally trafficked to anyone's information used in any way without their consent um, you know, is illegal. Let's, let's make that the standard. I think that would be a good thing. Um, now, the issue of consent, look, every time these guys, and I think Mark Zuckerberg was hauled in front of Congress, any time any of these guys are hauled in front of Congress and grilled over their data collection practices, their defense always is, oh, we, we would never do this unless the user had given us permission and had given us consent to do this. We wouldn't do that without their permission. Uh, yeah, okay, that might technically be true. That might be a legally justifiable thing for you to say when you're in front of Congress justifying your actions. But let's look at that in practice. What does that actually look like? Who on God's green earth reads 700 pages of terms of service? No one. So what's buried inside those terms of service is they can literally write whatever they like and people just click yes and okay. I'm not saying the blame lies on the people that don't read the terms of service, by the way. I'm saying, well, actually, it, some of it has to. People have to be responsible for this. But I'm saying, probably what I am saying is not all of the blame, probably not even a majority of the blame, probably not even that much blame. Because up until very recently, we all had this sort of common sense, reasonable expectation that no one was out to get us. Like that was a, that was a comfortable way to live. And that was a sensible and true and factual way to live that nobody's trying, nobody's up in my business. I've done nothing wrong. I'm okay. That was the way that we lived for a very, very, very long period of time. And what's happened 
probably over the last five or ten years, certainly over the last three or four years, but five or ten years might have been the beginning. What's happened is the the advancement in these technologies and the fact that everybody has a snitching device in their pocket at all times, bleeding their location and their lifestyle and, and their preferences and what they do and who they do it with and what they spend their money on and sometimes even what they talk about. That has happened in the last few years, especially in the last few years. So, you know, these technology companies that have their software and their tools installed on these devices have just started adding in these things that say, yeah, we can we can take this. Yes, no problem. We'll access your microphone. We'll access your location. We'll access everything that is on your device. We'll track your patterns of device usage. We'll track your uh, app usage of what other apps you're using. And oh, let's just look at that for a half a second. What business is it of any one of these technology companies or, or creators of software? What business is it to them whether or not you're loading Tinder four times a day or whether or not for a, for a woman you're loading a period tracking app? What's, what's it got to do with them? The answer is nothing. It has nothing to do with them. So why are they sneaking this stuff in to the terms of service and just getting away with it wholesale? I don't like it. I don't like it. They should, it shouldn't be happening. So as I say, that maybe a tiny 1%, 2%, 5% blame does go on people for signing up to this stuff. But almost all of it, 95 99%, goes on people like Mark Zuckerberg, who sit there in front of Congress and say, we would never do this out without people's consent. Well, the way that you got that consent was a complete and total dick move. You shouldn't have done it. And now for you to sit there with a smug look on your face and justify it is absolutely beyond the pale. So these types of lawsuits going forward, I absolutely love that. And, and as this guy said, you know, uh, from the article, laws that crack down on the data brokers, uh, personal data is illegally trafficked. All we need to do is get that definition of illegally trafficked down pat. And I would say that unless the ordinary user, if we randomly contacted and interviewed a hundred of them and asked them, what is your uh, information, what, what access to uh, your information is given to Facebook by using the app? What access do they have and what do they do with it? If at least 60 or 70 of them cannot give the full and complete answer, then we can say that the consent was bullshit. The consent was buried in there and people have got no idea what's going on. I'd like that to be the definition of illegally trafficked information. Unless the ordinary person, the ordinary user knows exactly what they're signing up for, easily, quickly, on the spot, quick glance, yes, I'm willing to share my entire life with this company. Unless the person knows that, then it should be unlawful. Anyway, the article continues, but Davison added that the lawsuits and the statute they're based on are a reminder that law enforcement agencies are among the biggest customers of data brokers and frequently use their products to circumvent warrant requirements. Absolutely. And that's a point I've made on this podcast uh, at least a couple of times previously, that all of these laws around data collection and what the government can and can't do and police departments and uh, the FBI and what these guys uh, can and can't do is very much regulated. There's no question about that. If they want to, if they want to, you know, tap into your communications, they do have to go to the court and get a warrant, and they will not get the warrant unless you're reasonably suspected of a crime, or you know, whatever the standard is. They 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 can't just make shit up and say we want to look at this guy, please judge, let us. The judge ain't gonna let them. They've got to have some reason. But here's the thing: these police officers and enforcement agencies, they don't have to go to the court to get a warrant. 
if they can just pay a few hundred bucks to a data broker or whatever they pay, probably thousands of taxpayer dollars, by the way, to a data broker and say, uh, give us everything you have on this guy. Where, where, does he, where does he get his gas? What gas station does he go to? How often does he go to that fast food drive through And the card that he used to pay at that fast food drive through what else does he do with that card? Oh, he's used it on a, on, a, on a website that we don't like. That's interesting. Now we'll use that as a basis to actually get a warrant. This, this is bullshit. It's not okay. The article continues, Many people besides law enforcement officers have reasons to fear for their lives, uh, says Natalie Marichal, co-director of Privacy and Data for the Center for Democracy and Technology, which fights for civil rights and liberties in the digital age. Uh, she also points out, uh, also pointed out how difficult it is to hide from data brokers, even for those legally covered, as, it, as is true for New Jersey law enforcement. The process for removing one's physical address from the data broker ecosystem should be much easier and available to everyone, she said. Absolutely. Absolutely it should be. It should be one click or less. And I'll take that as a solution. I'm happy with that. But I'm not going to pretend that that's the problem, that the removal is difficult, right? I'm not going to pretend that that's the problem. The problem is that it exists there to begin with. That's the core of the problem. Uh, her quote continues, Of course it would be even better to eliminate the trade in personal information altogether by enacting a comprehensive federal privacy law with strong data minimization and purpose limitation. Absolutely. She's saying, she's saying exactly what I'm saying, or I'm saying exactly what she's saying. We're saying the same thing. Good for her. She is making the same type of noise and fuss uh, that I make. The article concludes uh, by saying she added that companies shouldn't purchase information they don't need to do business with given with a given consumer and that home addresses should be handled with extreme care if they are collected. Buying and selling people's home addresses to anyone willing to pay for it should be prohibited. Full stop. She's exactly right. And that is the end of the article. She is exactly right. But not only uh, should it be people's home addresses that is prohibited to be traded, it's all the other tremendously long lists of categories of information that data brokers do have and do keep and do retain and do trade and do sell. Um, those things just shouldn't be allowed to be collected at all. I mean, what, what business is it of theirs? How often you visit that fast food drive through What possible reason? Let me rephrase that. What possible, genuine, legitimate reason do they have for having that information? There's none. I can only think of two reasons. Number one, they're using it for marketing purposes, and then it's being sold to advertisers and so on and so forth. Digitally, by the way, automatically. They're not looking you up individually. It's all being done automatically. All right, that's one reason. I don't love it. The other reason is these types of bullshit reasons, as we're saying. People being targeted without ever having done anything wrong uh, and having their information collected, whether it's by um, a police force that cannot get a warrant because they don't have any reason to get a warrant. So whether it's those guys just going to these data brokers and saying, we don't like this particular guy for whatever reason, and then they go off on a fishing expedition. So that's bullshit. Or whether it's, you know, horrific things like, like have been outlined in this article with criminal organizations literally using this information to uh, effectively threaten the life of, um, you know, people involved in, in the good conduct of society, judges and police officers and this type of thing. There's no reason for these data brokers to exist. There's just not. They are, they are the devil of society. They need to be either regulated out of existence or they need to be fined out of existence. 
Anyway, that's the episode for today, and I'll catch you on the next one.